Let us pray. So, dear God, we just thank you so much for Joanna and stepping up to leadership and just being here today to share with us about the gifts that you have for us and just to help us have a better understanding of what it means to be living in the Holy Spirit. We just ask that you help us just just to shut off all those distractions, to open up our ears and our hearts, and just to feel your spirit within us and to be able to hear the words that Joanna has for us today. And that, God, you just speak through Joanna the way you do and just the encouragement so much. I know she is to me personally and to so many people here, God. We just ask that you just flow through her and shine forth like the sun. Mm -hmm. And just to bless her today as she speaks and that everything that's on on her heart just comes out the way you want it to, God. Just open up our hearts, open up our ears, open up our minds, shut off our phones. (laughs) And just get us ready, God, to just feel your gifts and your Holy Spirit today. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Kim. Kim, apparently I got a bionic voice with this microphone. That's cool. Good morning, everybody. Kim already said my name. I'm Joanna. I am the assistant pastor here at the Eastside Vineyard, and I am a wife to... The best dad, Peeway Pallister. We have three kids, and uh, I spend I spend most of my time hanging out with them, doing homeschool some homeschool stuff with them, and um, and getting to do this. This is one of my favorite things. So I'm happy to be with you today. Our church is working through a series on uh, life in the Spirit, living by the Spirit, and. Just see if I can actually get my page down. Is that right? Every single time I go. Thinking. I'm sure anybody who listens to the sermons online is now used to me going. Just a second. Is this the thing that I push? Here we are. So we've been doing um, a series on living by the Spirit, and just a little review for those of you who have or have not been here. Uh, last week we had a special guest speaker. Krish, let you see his last name, Kandia, Kandaya, Krish, he was great, we'll call him by his first name, I'm sure he won't mind that, and he shared a scripture with us where he gave a great example of um, a place in the Bible where we see the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, can you advance that for me please, Ian, um, and so this was a great, uh, it was a little revelation to me. I've heard this verse many times before, but I thought, oh yeah, this is really cool. This is Jesus on earth talking about the Father and the Holy Spirit. And we believe God is one God represented in three persons. And the Holy Spirit is one of those three persons of the Trinity. And he gave this example of Jesus coming to his disciples and saying, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. And then he, Jesus, breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So the Father is the sender. Jesus is the incarnate. He's the one who's on earth. He is the one who did the mission of God on earth when he was alive. And then he said to us, now it's you guys. It's your turn. Now we, in the, it, the Bible actually calls us as the church, the body of Christ. And the Spirit is the part of God that gives us the power, gives us the strength. The word spirit uh, is also 
ruach, which means breath. And in this verse, Jesus actually does breathe on them. I thought that was really cool, that it was the actual breath of Jesus. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. So there's, I mean, you could, that could bake your noodle for days thinking about that, that Jesus breathed on them and then said, receive the Holy Spirit. And it was his breath, but he was Jesus. And that, yeah, anyway, the Spirit. And another verse that we've referenced a couple of times that Gordy and Alec both referenced is that this, the Spirit of God coming to us is something that has been promised since the Old Testament. This is in the book of Ezekiel where it says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put in you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you. God promised us back in the Old Testament that that the Spirit of God would live in us. And I will cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. So uh, in the New Testament, Jesus also told the disciples about the Holy Spirit before he died and rose again. And he said that the Spirit would live with us. He said he's going to be with you. He's going to teach you all things. He's going to remind you all things. And again, he spoke about peace, right? Peace be with you. Peace, I'm going to be with you. The other analogy that has been used multiple times in this series is the analogy of sailing. That we Now, I'm not a sailor, so I don't know the correct terms. We hoist the jib, and we set the main sail with the ropes and the things. <laughs> There are sails that we would put up if we were sailors and knew the correct terminology for how one would set sails. But what the analogy is that we basically create the environment, say, here I am, God. And God is the one. God's spirit fills us. And Gordy made a point um, where he said, well, this analogy kind of breaks down in that we're still piloting the ship, where ideally we want God to be the one who's showing us the direction. And it made me think of this picture which I knew I'd seen a long time ago. So God bless Google. I just typed in picture, guys, boy, sailing, Jesus at wheel or something like that. And sure enough, this is a famous painting. And the reason it's in my head is because I've seen it multiple times. This is an American painter named Warner Salmon. And if you're listening to this sermon online and you want to Google the image we're looking at, it's called Christ Our Pilot. And... This is an awesome example, right, of the idea that even as we're sailing, that Jesus is with us saying, go this way, go that way. This is P.S., just completely irrelevant. Same artist that did, you know, all the paintings that you saw in random places of Jesus when you were young where he's shiny and he's staring off into the distance like a Sears catalog model that you can't quite see his watch or, you know, he's at the door knocking or a all the same guy. The reason why they all looked the same is it was one dude who was painting all that stuff. So he had a really good gig. So Warner Solomon. So that one's totally for free. Nothing to do with anything. Just thought that was interesting. The other analogy that I thought was so fantastic last week that the minute I heard it, I looked at Miles, who was sitting beside me, and was like, I'm totally using that next week, is that Krish said, fantastic analogy, Mr. Bond, James Bond which is totally fitting as far as it goes for me for Father's Day because my incredible dad, Bob Payne, passed on to me and all of my good British heritage a love for all things Bond. And, um, and so there's, I don't know who your favorite Bond is. Here's an image of 
that some artist, very fair artist, has shown all, you know, a whole bunch of different bonds. I'm digging the new bond. Here's a picture of the new bond, Daniel Craig, and uh, with his Aston Martin. Oh, it's fantastic. If you've seen the new film, I just have to say, if you're very passionate about the Aston Martin, bring some Kleenex. Not giving anything away. So the image there is that James Bond is the agent. He is the secret agent, and he has a director. So this next picture is in the recent films. His director has been played by the wonderful actress Judy Dench. So this is M, and she's the one who gives the orders. She's the director, like the father. So the father sends, like M, so I send you, and Jesus is the agent. And there is a character in the films whose name is Q. So the next picture is a picture of Q. Now, in the, they've done a new thing in the new films. Sorry, I'm going to get a little bit nerdy on you here. Q has always been an old guy up until now. Q is short for quartermaster, which in the military or like my family is a scouting family. And my grampy, Bert Payne, was always the quartermaster. And I actually have still his little wooden box. I have all my keepsakes in it. It was his quartermaster's box. And he was like the dude at camp that gave out the stuff. And that's what Q is short for. And Q is the guy who gives out the gifts. Well, in this analogy, Q is like the Holy Spirit who gives out gifts. And Krish made this great point in that you know the movie's not done until James Bond has used every single gift that the quartermaster has given him. And in the most recent films, um, he gets very simple gifts. I don't want to totally give everything away here, but um, uh, which I'll, I'll, I'll tie into a, a little bit later. But um, let's, let's read our verses for the week because we get to find out this week what the Holy Spirit, who is the ultimate quartermaster, has for us. So I'm going to read these texts just because that way if people, again, we, we post all of our sermons online, so if you've missed some of the ones, you can go to our church website, which is listed in the bulletin, click on resources, and listen to the, the sermons that you've missed beforehand, but I'll read the scripture so that that way whoever's listening online can hear it. So just take a breath. We're reading today from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm reading to you from the New Living Translation of the Bible. Now... Dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are all kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. And still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts, and he alone decides which gift each person should have. 
Um, and that is all I'm going to teach on today. So I must have sent my beautiful husband who made this display for me too much text, so we can just skip ahead. There we go. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. Um, so, some thoughts on this. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts. You can see the highlighted text there that I've highlighted for you. The same spirit is the source of them all. There's different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God that works in all of us. The spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person gives the ability to give advice, and to another one, the same gives a message of knowledge. The same gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the one gives the gift of healing. And as it goes on, um, can you click that down again? You see, it is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts, and he alone decides which gift each person should have. And, oh yeah, we'll read that last one there. We have one body, one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. So, Paul, the Apostle Paul, is writing this letter. Do you think Paul's trying to make a point? Uh, Yeah, Yeah, I agree, Veronica. Veronica says, uh, yeah. What what is he trying to say here? I mean, we're told in Scripture if we see something repeated one, two, three times, we should pay attention. What's the point here? We all have gifts. What's he on about with saying the same spirit? It comes from the same spirit. It's the same one. It's the same one. It's the same one. Why do you think that would be important in this situation, writing to the early church? I think it would matter. Yeah, the spirit is more important than the gift. So it's from God. It's the same place, right? So even though we've all got different gifts or different things, same spirit. The other thing, too, is I don't know if you remember at the beginning of this passage, Paul says... When you were pagans, you, there were oracles, were speechless oracles, and I want you to be sure that nobody who's speaking by the Spirit of God can curse Jesus. And what he's talking about is some of these people were from all different spiritual backgrounds where you had an idol that was set up and a priest would prophesy and say where the idol came from. Or you're in a culture with all different kinds of gods. So it might have been logical for them to think, oh, well, if this person's speaking in languages, and this one can heal, and this one can do this, and this one can do this, this must be a God of healing, and there must be a God of miracles, and there must be a God of knowledge, and there must be a God, right? And Paul is saying, no, there is one God. And that God is the giver of all these gifts, right? And the other thing that he says is, Who are they for? Is it just certain people who are going to get these gifts? Everybody, right? He says a spiritual gift is given to each one of us so that we can help each other. That's what it says in verse 7. It's given to each one of us so that we can keep it to ourselves. Again, Krish gave this great analogy of running in a running race with a baton, and he pretended and said, and then I got the baton, and I took it home, and put it up on my shelf, and I shined it up and said, oh, I love my baton. Like, that's not what the gifts are given. And in fact, this whole list of gifts that are given here, um, with the exception of maybe faith, the gift of faith, which I think you could have all by yourself, 
but I think that's hard. I, I need to draw faith from somebody else. And the gift of speaking in unknown languages, where we know God can give us a private prayer language that we can speak in, but ultimately, if you were really speaking in a language that you didn't know, how would you know that you were speaking in a language you didn't know unless somebody was with you to translate for you? So even then, I think that's hard to do all alone. All the rest of these gifts are ones that have to function with each other. To give wise advice, to have a message of knowledge, to discern whether a message is from God or another spirit, to perform miracles, healing, to prophesy, all these things, by definition, are for each other, right? In community. That's what they're for. And so sometimes we get very showy gifts that everybody sees, right? But other times it's very simple. Like I was saying in the new Bond films, when Bond gets his gifts from Q, he's actually kind of unimpressed. You know, the old films, these would be incredibly elaborate things. This one, Ben Wishart, who's the new Q, who I love, P.S., awesome actor. Great, I can ask me for more Ben Wishart later. But anyway, he gives, he gives Bond a little short pistol with an embedded fingerprint, so only Bond can fire it, and he gives him a little tiny elementary radio tracker. But then Bond uses those weapons so effectively to take down this cyber, cyber terrorist, terrorist, played by Javier Bardem. Creepy and awesome. There was actually one writer online that, who devoted his whole column to how these very simple gifts had really caused him to ponder whether he needed the, every new gadget that came off the line, or could he really make do with some of the older technology that it was this whole food for thought about this thing. But, um, but the bottom line is it's a great analogy that God is going to give us the gifts that we need in the right time and the right place for us. And that has very definitely been my experience in my life. And Gordy asked me to primarily share some of my story with you today. And just to share with you how God has surprised me with different spiritual gifts at different times. Um, and to just, just share with you a bit about them. And then hopefully have a chance to just practice some of the gifts. We're just going to ask God to show us today. Just pray for them to come. So... Um, Just trying to think. Just one second. Holy Spirit, tell me what to say. In 1 Corinthians 2, 4-5, Paul wrote this. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. So that's my prayer today, is that your faith, and that your faith would be stirred today, and that you would have a greater expectation and a greater belief and a greater faith for what God can do and what God is going to do in your life and for you. Not because of anything fantastic that I might share, but that you would hear God's power, that you would hear God's power in my life and you would hear God's power through my story because God's touched me um, in incredible ways. I was privileged to know the presence of God at a young age. I grew up in a Christian family. My mom and dad are Roman Catholic, and when I was five, they um, participated in a movement in the Catholic Church called Curcio, and they met Jesus. 
they would not use the evangelical expression that they got saved, but if that's language that you know, that's when they got saved. They met Jesus at that time. And things changed in our house. We, I remember where we felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. I remember worshiping. I remember times with our family. Um, receiving the sacraments as a child was really huge for me. I remember receiving the sacrament of confession and my first Holy Communion as a Roman Catholic kid, and I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit at that time. My mom said that she watched me as I received my first communion, and she said my whole face just lit up. I just remember feeling really happy, but I know that I knew the presence of God and what God felt like at a young age. Um, So I had that for a reference point. Um, In my teenage years, um, more emotional times, when I was about 15 years old, I went to a Catholic youth retreat that was being given by a group that I knew did seminars that were called Life in the Spirit seminars. Now, I didn't really know what that meant, but I only knew that this was not supposed to be one of those seminars. This was supposed to be a regular retreat. It wasn't supposed to be a Holy Spirit retreat. But that was until the Holy Spirit moved. And I was in a very emotional prayer time where I was praying with these leaders, and I was kind of sputtering, and I was at a loss for words, and they, which doesn't happen often with me. And, um, and they said to me, do you know what the gift of tongues is? And I said, uh, no, I have, I've read about it in the Bible, in the book of Acts, but I didn't know anybody did it. And they said, oh, yeah, people still do that, and you can, and you just need to open your mouth And as you want to pray, just let the sounds come out that want to come out of your mouth. Well, um, unbeknownst to me, that was one of the first times that God used me as a catalyst in a situation where the Holy Spirit wanted to do something. And um, the Holy Spirit went through the whole room of these Catholic kids that had no idea what any of this was supposed to look like. Uh, One girl got healed. I remember people just filled with holy laughter. I will never forget my sister, Elizabeth, who was just filled with laughter and joy. She couldn't stop laughing. And the next morning, the youth leaders said, does anybody have any questions? And all at once, it was like, you know, every hand in the room. Um, So what happened last night? And they just opened the Bible and very tenderly just read out of the Bible the verses where this happened. And one of the things that I treasure so much about that time is that I know that none of it was fake because none of us had any idea what faking it would have looked like. And it was just this absolutely incredible time that really sustained me during years where I wasn't walking with God. Um, When I was 20, I had actually left my church in rebellion. I was living with my boyfriend in Vancouver. I haven't ever actually spoken publicly about what I'm about to share with you now, so I'm not sure why I'm supposed to share it, but I know that the Holy Spirit has had me share different stories at different times. So I just need to trust, first of all, that this is a safe place for me to share it with you, and secondly, that God has a reason for me sharing it. So I was working in a store when I was alone at closing time, and I was robbed at gunpoint. And the assailant took me into the back room of the shop, and he instructed me to remove my clothes. And when I was standing there in my underwear and my bra, um, I heard a voice in my head say, you are supposed to say no. So I said, no. And the dynamic of the whole situation totally changed, completely changed. The assailant wound up leaving the store. I 
convinced him I would hide in the bathroom of the shop that I was in and that I would count to 100, like hide and go seek, and he left. And then I got dressed and karate kicked my way on adrenaline alone out of the back of the shop. They showed me later the doors that I had just kicked down to get out. And I was told later by the victim services workers that came with the police who reported the crime that that should not have happened. That the way that uh, an assailant with assaulting somebody in that way should not have behaved that way. And that my, savior, my saving situation, that it was miraculous. And I know now that that was a divine word of knowledge that saved me at a time when I still believed in God, but I was firmly disobeying everything that I knew to be right. And God saved me anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Um, another time that stands out as far as God just surprising me with gifts of the Holy Spirit is that after I was married to Wade, I went to go do my missions training school with Youth of the Mission, who's the missions organization that we work with now. And we did a two-month outreach in Brazil. And one night we were in the city of Belo Horizonte. We were in a very wealthy neighborhood. And we were doing a street outreach that was unlike anything I'd ever seen. The Holy Spirit was present from the minute we started to the point it was crazy, wasn't it, babe? Like somebody actually walked up to somebody and was like, excuse me, can you tell me about Jesus? I want to know more about him. Like it was thick. And there was someone who was preaching the gospel at the front, an American guy who was one of the leaders preaching away. And I suddenly had a compelling that was so strong that I didn't even know how to contain it. And I actually walked up to the man while he was preaching in the middle of his sermon and just put my hand on his shoulder and said, can you translate something for me right now? And he, bless him, said, okay, sure. And so he just stopped preaching and I stood and just kind of opened my mouth and this message came out, which was, there's someone here and you can hear my voice and you gave your life to Jesus and you're running away. And you can hear my voice, and Jesus wants you to come back. Jesus wants you to come back. And then I think that was about it, and I gave the mic back to the speaker, and then I was so embarrassed that I had interrupted the speaker and that I had done what I had done, that I walked away from the group and just walked in the middle of the square and put my head down like I was crouched in a ball, dying with embarrassment that I had done what I had done, and then suddenly thought, wait a second, what if that was true? Like, what if there really is somebody here right now who heard that, and I said that, and what if they're here? So I lifted up my head, and I looked across the square, and I immediately saw this guy who was on the other side of the square. And I watched his lips move, and he said that I had been talking about him. And it wasn't until I was writing in my journal the next day that I realized that, number one, there's no way I could have heard him. Just physically, loudly, across, there's music, insanity. Number two... He would have been speaking to his friends in Portuguese. I don't speak Portuguese, but nonetheless, at the time, I looked up, and he said that woman was talking about me, and I thought, oh, thank goodness, that's the guy. Awesome. So I just walked over and said, are you supposed to talk to me? And he said, what? What? Are are you supposed to talk to me? I found out later that he thought I said, you are supposed to talk to me. So he just came with me. So... I was walking across the square. This is how the Holy Spirit helps you guys. I'm not joking. Like, you can just minister in complete, like, willingness to put yourself out there. And Jesus does, the Holy Spirit does everything else. So, 
I will, as my next point will prove. So then I grab Wade because I don't pray with guys by myself, just a thing. I just don't think it's wise. So I said, hey, Wade, come with me. So we just walked with this guy and we just stopped in the middle of the square. So I found out his name. Sure enough, he had given his life to the Lord. He was running. He was sharing with us and said, I gave my life to the Lord here. And I said, here in this square? And he said, here. And I said, like, here, like, the outreach? And he said, here, right here, where you just stopped, where we're standing right now. We're standing on the exact spot where I stood and gave my life to the Lord. And Wade and I are like, whoa. Like, it was so random. There was, it wasn't even like I was like, Jesus, guide me to the right spot. Like, we just walked and stopped. And then... Oh my gosh, God spoke to Wade and said, this guy's got drugs on him. So Wade said, Cristiano, God just told me you have drugs on you. And he was like, yes, I do. You need to get rid of those. That's not wise for me to do that right now. Okay, you need to get rid of those later. We, pray, we had this unbelievable night. But it was just like this crazy time where God completely did this miracle thing. In a totally different season of my life, I was a new mom. My eldest daughter, who's now almost nine, was old enough to walk and talk, but not much older. And I, um, uh, the Holy Spirit spoke a thought to my mind. Now, this would have been six years since the square in Brazil. And since then, I had learned what the Holy Spirit sounded like. And it's a little bit like when you're getting to know somebody and the first couple times they call you on the phone, they have to say, hi, it's me, Joanna, I met you on Commercial Drive, or I'm so-and-so's mom, or this person, and they go, right, hi, thanks for calling. Until you evolve in a relationship that somebody can pick up the phone and say, hi, and you say, hi, yeah. hey, it's me, hey, you, right? And that's what communication with the Holy Spirit is like. The Bible says clearly that my sheep know my voice. God is a communicating God. You can learn. If you don't know that, you can ask God today to show you how to learn to know the Spirit of God. It just feels different. It just feels different. And I know because I can be an expert at like, was that? No, I don't think that you know that was God. This was one of those times. I was getting Sophia dressed. She had two almost identical dresses. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, choose the one with the pocket. And I was like, what? Like, kind of like, do you not? Like, what? Why? Who, you know, like, almost, who cares? Like, almost rebellious. Like, what? choose the one with, well, I know God well enough to know. Fine. Okay, Lord. I will choose the one with the pockets. I don't even know why. Here we are, putting on the dress with the pockets on my little kid. And I put the dress with the pockets on Sophia. And she looked down at it, and she went, Oh. oh, and she put her hands in the pockets, and it was the first time she'd ever seen that she had pockets, and then she could put her hands in, and she went, oh, and she was so happy, and I thought, here is the God of the universe who is dealing with big problems as big as Everest, and yet God knows everything and is everywhere and sees everything and God knows my baby and he knew 
that she wanted the one with the pockets and took the time to tell me which dress to put on her. And thank goodness I stopped my stubborn self long enough to put it on her because it gave her so much joy. But the signs and wonders that God gives us are for the purpose of the kingdom of God. When Jesus was on earth, he said, I have come. The kingdom has come. They will know you by this. But the first sign of the kingdom of God is love. They will know you are my followers if you love each other. Right? God loves us. He will minister to us in ways that seem insignificant to anybody else. I had one of the most precious series of events in my life involving the fact that when I went to go to missions, I had to give up all my keys. And I, every single place I went during my missions training and my outreach, I was the only student who every single place was given a room with a key. And it wasn't until the sixth or seventh time that I went, oh, you're my dad. You love me. You care about me. You're telling me something. You're telling me something. You're telling me that you know these teeny tiny little things about me. You know every hair on my head. You know everything about me. You love me. And so often the gifts of the Holy Spirit are ways that God communicates to us. I see you. I know you. I know that thing that you think nobody else knows. I see that thing that you think nobody else sees. And he uses us. And he wants us to be unafraid of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because when we open ourselves up to them, it's so simple and so profound. If we're willing to take a risk and stop worrying about what do we look like? Or are we going to look stupid? Or are we going to be whatever? That's why Jesus says, you're right, we're not stupid. You're right. We call that the S word in our house, Veronica. You're right. We're not and, but isn't it so true? How many of you have ever been in a situation where you've been in church where you're sure that God is moving you or telling you to do something and you're so worried you're going to look stupid, you are frozen? Thank you, Rose. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, we're going to ask today, this is the no stupid zone, okay? This is the no anybody looks goofy zone. We're going to ask God to give us gifts for each other. I would like you all to now say, this is not about me. This is not about me. Okay? If God's going to speak to you today, we've just learned that it's probably because he wants you to give a gift to somebody else. What if right now we were all totally, I just Oprah showed everybody. I just Oprah showed or Ellen showed everybody. And I was like, look under your chair. You get a car. You get a car. You get a car. Like, that would be awesome. Have you guys ever seen the Oprah Winfrey favorite things episode where every single person in the audience gets like an iPad and a TV and a car? And people, I am not joking, the Saturday Night Live sketch of the, the Oprah show spoof, people literally are like, do you know what it looks like? Do you know what it looks like? It looks like they are in a Pentecostal revival where the Holy Spirit is moving. But it's the spirit of Lord Jesus. Oprah just gave me a stackable washer and dryer. 
It's gifts, right? It's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's the gifts. It's the favorite things. Guess what, guys? You're the secret audience. And it's the favorite things episode of the Vancouver East Side Vineyard. Come on, get excited. Get excited. Come on. I, some of you are not clapping. Some of you are not clapping. Oh, my God. Come on. It's so awesome. Now, that being said, I have no idea what this is going to look like. And it might be incredibly quiet. And none of you might see anything. And we have no idea. Here's the thing. Lately, I have been singing a little song, which is a classic little song, but I have heard a recent worship leader sing this song. She's mixed it into the bridge at the end of her song, and she sings, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. I know this isn't the original tune, but this is the one that's in my head. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. And I was singing this song. And I simply thought, oh my gosh, I don't believe this all the time. My kids are sick and I will go get them Tylenol before I will pray for them. I do not walk in this all the time. This is not ordinary life for me. I have been so challenged. I have some friends who are on fire right now. They are seeing miracles. My friend Tyler, who was a kid we used to speak to at the youth group, Google Dead Razor, the movie.com. Tyler runs a ministry now called the Dead Raising Team, where they believe to see people being raised from the dead, and they're seeing it. Do you know what the job description was when Jesus sent out his apostles, when he sent them out? anybody remember what he said? This is your job. You're going to go out and you're going to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, and drive out demons. And like Stephen said today, freely you've received, freely give. I would like to suggest to you that if you are like me, my level of expectation has been way too low lately. I have been living an awful lot of ordinary life that has not looked extraordinary, and this message has challenged me that our church and our community can be living with a level of Holy Spirit incredibleness that will, that is normal, that is ordinary to the Christian life. In Hebrews 6, when the writer, we don't know who that writer is, but that writer was saying, Do we have to go over these same old things again, people? Do we have to go over the same old things that we've talked about again and again and again? Do you know what one of the things on the list are that was just old hat that they shouldn't need to go over again? Raising the dead. The laying on of hands. It was one of the basic things. So I don't know what to expect today, but I do think that we need to expect God to move, because I don't think that we can talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and not ask God to give us some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't you think that was a rip-off? Have you seen those TV commercials where there's um, kids and there's, I think it's for an insurance company, and one kid gets a truck, like an awesome toy truck, and another kid gets a picture of a truck, and the kid with the picture of the truck is like, uh, so what's the deal? And the copy is something like, you know a good deal when you see one? Like, you know the deal? You know when you're getting ripped off? So, would you like to come here today and have me tell you all these awesome stories about how God moved and then leave and be like, that was, like, I just, I don't want to give you a picture of the truck, you know? 
let's ask God to give us some gifts. So let's all stand up. I don't know what's going to happen. I've been nervous about this every time I thought about it before now, and now I'm not nervous at all. Now I'm just stoked. Now I'm like, bring it on. Favorite things, God. What do you want to do? So this is how we're going to do this. We're going to keep it super simple. I just ask if you have anything in your hands that you would free your hands, put them down. For the first little bit, we're just going to wait. Now, if you speak in a prayer language, if you have the gift of tongues already, and it's your natural inclination when you're calling upon the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues, I would actually ask you not to do that right now while we're waiting. Just to pause. We just want to wait, not giving anything out. Do you know what I mean? We just want to wait ready to receive. And then we're just going to wait, and then I'm going to check in, and we'll just ask what's going on, okay? And those of you who, yeah, we're just, we're just going to do this all together, okay? Because I don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah, and Kathleen's going to share one thing. Sometimes uh, you might just have a phrase and you think, well, that's not significant. Mm-hmm. And it might be just part. And then somebody else will have the other part. Yeah. And they might not get it until you share it. Because, <coughs> mm-hmm. I, I mean, so you just really need to be obedient, like, might be a little picture. You know, what's that yeah. mean? You have no idea, but somebody else might know. Yeah. So we're kind of a community. It's like yeah. popcorn prayer or yeah. popcorn, getting a piece of it, and then we all work together. Yeah. yeah. And nothing's too simple. Nothing's too simple and nothing's too obvious. Because, like, I hope that what you got with my story about the pockets and the keys yeah. is that nothing is too little. Yeah. You have no idea what's going to be important. We did this one time with a group of teenagers. They had never heard the concept of listening to the Spirit of God before. We just sat together with them in groups, and we said, just ask God for something for somebody else. And Wade and I were the teachers, and there was this young person who was sitting talking, and she said, well, I'm supposed to get something for you, Wade, but I don't think this is anything. I got a picture of Tigger, and I got a balloon. (laughs) Well, then we told her that Wade's favorite t-shirt had Tigger on it. When we got married, the gift that my family gave him to welcome to the family was a stuffed Tigger doll, and then he made his way around Europe doing tying balloon animals. And that kid was like, what? Convinced that that was nothing. So nothing's too simple, okay? Holy Spirit, you are so great. <laughs> Thank you so much that you give these gifts for everyone for all of us, and that you are here to hand out gifts. And we want to say yes. We want our spirits, even our, I mean, we're welcome for our bodies to be like those crazy people on the Oprah show, if that's what you want. We know that doesn't have to be the case. But we want our spirits to be in that position right now where we're just able to say yes, Lord. So first of all, we just thank you for this safe, sealed place that's here. We say again, covered by the blood of the Lord Jesus, every window, every door, our kids downstairs, every aspect. Thank you for your angelic protection that surrounds us and that we are here with you and that you are here and ready to speak. Father, we silence the enemy in the name of the Lord Jesus. We say you don't have any authority to speak here and you need to be quiet. And we ask that you would help our own minds be quiet so that we can hear from you. We wait on you in expectancy and thank you for your good gifts.
Okay, just gonna ask, is anybody feeling any heat anywhere on their bodies? Anywhere in any part of your body? And it could be about something for you or it could be something for anybody else or a warmth or a vibration anywhere? Kind of felt something on my ears. A little sweaty on the back, but. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, we'll take that in. Yeah. Does anybody have issues with your ears? Soreness in your ears or healing that needs to happen in your ears? Okay. Yeah, Scott? You do? Okay. Awesome. So we'll pray for you, Scott. All right. Let's just wait. Just ask if there. Oh, yes, Mr. Rick. I never do this. <laughs> I never do this. Well, you're doing it now, so you can't say that. Okay. Um, I think that God would like to say. I think that. Oh, I think that God would like to say something. It's like he's your dad or your mom or whatever, and he's giving you a present. It's your birthday. It's Christmas, whatever. And they're so excited. And God is so excited. He said, "Boy, what's going to happen when they open this? I'm so excited. I'm so excited." <laughs> Awesome. Thank you, Rick, for sharing. It's just right. That's right on. Okay. Is there anyone who's feeling any kind of heat or warmth in your hands? And the reason that I'm asking is because God might be just putting it on you to lay hands and pray. So that's why, if that happens, I'd like you to be able to pray for Scott, who's got something going on with his ears. So we'll just wait and see if anybody has a sense that maybe they're to pray. Yeah, you do? Okay. Great. So whenever you want. Yeah, sure. Party down. Great. Yeah? Yeah? And then we'll just, we don't want to... Stephanie, I had a picture of the Lord bringing a beautiful necklace of diamonds, and he put it on your neck, and you were like, for me? You were like very dubious. You said, oh, you were almost trying to take it off of your neck because you thought... I'm not worthy to have this beautiful diamond necklace on my neck. How could God want to give me all these diamonds? And the Lord is just wanting to take away all your sense of unworthiness because he has chosen to give you this beautiful diamond necklace. And he says you are his precious jewel and pre precious, precious, like not just one diamond, but a whole ring of diamonds. And so I just release that beautiful gift to you. I just, is it all right if I pray with you a little bit? Okay, you're going to go to her. Let's, let's just keep waiting, okay? Let's wait a minute more. And uh,
Veronica. Um, since I came to this church, I have fallen in love with you, and I know it's God's love for you. So I don't, because I don't know you yet. <laughs> I'm just getting to know you, and but every time I see you, my heart just overflows with love. So I know that's God's love for you. And so, would it be okay if I just prayed and bless you with the love that I feel that I know is from God? Thanks, Corey. I got to experience a clinic time like this once. It was the first time I'd ever seen anybody just ask where gifts weren't kind of just randomly happening by accident. I actually saw a teacher do this and said, well, let's just ask. And I thought, can you do that? Does it count? Can you just ask God to bring gifts and he will? And he said, don't worry if it's simple. And the first word that somebody gave to another person was, God wants to say that he loves you. That's it. Just was so special and important. Jerry, come on up. No, I, uh, I don't know who this is for, but uh, I just feel the Lord saying to somebody, it's not your fault. Maybe you'd be beaten up on yourself, saying, if only I hadn't done this, I hadn't done that. Stuff happens. It's not your fault. If God can forgive you, let it go. Sure. You don't have to say out loud if you don't want to, but if anybody knows that that's for them, sometimes there can be something special in praying with the person that got the word. So, uh... If you're, I'll just leave that to you as to how you want to respond to that. Did you have a thought, Donna? Yeah. Um, oh, that lady with the, sorry, I forget, Corey? Corey. Just when, when, when you talked about Veronica, I just went, and I have to admit for, um, I guess maybe the past six months, I think a couple of times Veronica and I, we smile at each other, but we, ne- we always have this look, and it's always this eye thing, and I always feel something, and I know something's going on. And I have to confess, because every time that has happened in the last six months, God has been saying, get that woman out of that chair. And I have been too scared because I've never, I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a risk, sure. And yeah. so he just prompted me to open that up and say that. Yeah, let's ask. Let's pray. Is there anybody else who would have faith today that we could ask the Lord that Veronica wouldn't have to be in her wheelchair anymore? Because the faith is one of the gifts that God gives us. Anybody else want to pray with Aldona? No way, lady. God spoke to you. Uh-uh. Get over there. Go down. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we, we will pray. I'm going to pray for my sister Aldona. God, we ask that you would impart to her the gift of faith. You've said that that is one of your great gifts, is the gift of faith. And so, Lord, we just say right now, would you fill... Fill Aldona, fill this team, fill this group that are around her right now, Lord, 
We're saying whatever you have today, we already know it's greater than anything that we can ask or we can imagine. Your thoughts aren't our thoughts. Your ways aren't our ways. So I say, fill my sister Aldona. Fill my sisters around her there. Yeah, and just too, if we have got any guys, if, we've, if there's a guy who's even feeling stirred, like maybe I should go, just think that's important for men and women ministering together. So just having, uh, if you're feeling stirred at all, if one of my brothers could join, I think that would be great. If not, if that's not you, stay where you are, because I'm sure there's more. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks, Lord. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Jill, do you want to share about what's going on for you? Do you know what's going on? There's just something. Okay. Awesome. I, I just, maybe for you, Jill, and for you, Miles, just, uh, it seems like I see the Lord kind of rearranging the chess pieces, or some when some kid works with uh, uh, Lego, and he says, oh, I need this piece. There's pieces that are kind of being shifted around. For you, like this piece is this is not the right piece. We need to bring this piece in, so that uh, you ha- you see that the, the what God has given you. It, it, maybe it's like whatever it is. I'm not sure what it is. It's kind of like a rearrangement of pieces that you need in your life and you want in your life. But the Lord is saying, "I have the pieces to give you." It could be like this Chilliwack piece, this Vancouver piece, whatever it is. Could be you know your nursing piece or whatever it is but that the lord is just like let him just shift these pieces into place it's like a fresh new expectation instead of being weary and oh, you know like i think sometimes we are pushing in and we get weary so father jill i don't know jill what's happening and if nothing's happening don't feel on the spot okay Great, that's good. Just sometimes, just I mean, it could be totally wrong. Just I mean, Jill knows me, so she can be honest. Just sometimes I'm just watching to see what's happening, and if I see something, I'll be like, "Hey, what's that about?" Yeah, great. Okay, thanks, Jill. Don't worry about it. Oh, Monica, I see Monica. I see Rose. Um, it is twelve thirty. Is there Miles? Do you mind going downstairs and just inviting? Um, if the kids want to come back in, just let them know that there's still a prayer time going on, but to invite them to come and be a part of what's happening, just invite them to come. Thanks. Uh, last weekend, I was at a ladies' retreat with my daughter at her church, and the speaker was talking all about taking out the trash of our emotional baggage, and I have a lot of that. <laughs> I have two marriages that didn't work and another relationship after that, and I've been, and so the part of it was um, dealing with forgiveness and working to get rid of that. And we had to list all the names of the people that we felt that we had baggage with. And a lot of the names that I had written down, she said, "Also write down how you how that relationship makes you feel." And for me, it was feeling like a failure. So. That's what I'm working on, and I think maybe, Jerry, you know, you spoke to me when you said, it's not my fault. I mean, nobody's perfect in a relationship, but I feel like that those feelings that I feel about myself are holding me back, and I really want to let that go. So, Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. That's just awesome. If there's anybody that feels that they could pray with Monica or just resonate with what she said, 
that would be great if we had a couple of people just come with her, come around her, maybe people in relationship with her. That would be awesome. Um, before Joanna even preached, God was speaking to me about breath, and it started with the song that you guys were singing, the, the banging, the banging, and there was the incredible drum. And I really felt that you in particular, but it's all of us, there's, some, there's things that we carry deep down in our spirit. And there's something to be said about singing, singing rejoicing of God and crying out to God. That's our breath, and breath is spirit. And I just really felt like there's people here that there's something churning in you, and we're to breathe that out. We're to blow that out. We're to breathe in the Holy Spirit, and we're to blow out all that's blocking us from that. And I feel like we're to extend that to our children and to blow on them. And I was holding, holding um, and Amanda's baby, and God just had me blowing on her hands and blowing on her hands. And I felt like God was saying that that little darling is going to lay hands on people and bring healing and wholeness, that she is going to be a worshiper. So I just really feel like as our kids come in, let's blow the Holy Spirit on them to release things in our kids. And equally for us, let's blow out. And I mean, I I have such a burden that I never had before, you know, and we haven't shared this, but I really feel like God is saying is our daughter Bree's converted to Islam. And we just need to breathe that out. And we need to let God carry it. You know, we need to let him have that because I can't change that and there's things in our lives that we can't change and only God can do that only God can do it so let's Holy Spirit mm-hmm. breathe on us yeah, so Holy Spirit just come now and breathe I would just say those of you again who have been listening in a listening position or maybe you're feeling something earlier I just I asked Jill and said is there something going on with you and she said really I I had a burden that I was praying for somebody else but whatever it is that's going on whether that's a burden that you've got on you right now for somebody else if that's the case then let's just push into that and let's pray into that if God's doing something in you and you don't know what it is let's just for a moment just allow the Holy Spirit to come and Rose's word was really specific in saying let's just include the kids so yeah I'll be right with you so guys what's happening is that um, God is kind of giving us prayer presence so we're asking God to give us presence and God's giving us prayer gifts so he's like healing some people we're praying for different people and so Miss Rose just said okay as the kids come back in I feel like we're supposed to ask God to give the kids prayer gifts so it that looks all different kinds of ways it can be that God gives you a prayer language or a prayer for somebody else or that if you're sick he makes you better so it can look all different kinds of ways so if you guys just be good listeners and good watchers and if you have a thought about something that you want to pray tell your mom or your dad or a grown-up that you trust but but God is giving presents giving prayer gifts to us right now so that's what's going on please come yeah I just wanted to ask for prayer for my family today. I uh, I used to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm an old Pentecostal, and I'm changing. The Lord is taking me out of there. And um, but Brother Danny is has been a big part of our Heisla, the Kilimanjaro Village people, and a young girl 
named Amber died. She lived a life not pleasing to God, but the Lord had her aunt say the sinner's prayer with her, and she cried, and I know that God heard her, and I want prayer for my family today. I'm really heartbroken. It's the Woods family in Kitimat. Yeah, for sure. Would you guys pray with me? Will you tell me your name again? Sherry, is that right? Sherry, okay. Sharon? Sharon. So, Lord, we just together agree for, for a blessing on Sharon's family. Lord, and as Rose has just called out to us and instructed us, Lord, that we would just breathe. Just breathe. A blessing and a prayer. And it's just Terry is just responding to the need to just give comfort. Lord, we just pray that as, just, as Terry comes and she gives a hug to Sharon, Lord, we just pray in the spirit that that would happen for Sharon's family, that they would feel that comfort, that they would feel your arms around them, that they would feel your love around them, your, their, her whole family, to come and ease the brokenness, to come and ease the pain that's there. And Sharon, I would just invite you to just leave that grief here today. Just, I would even just invite you to see it as something that has been carried inside you and just let it go. Let it blow out. As somebody is just holding you, I would just encourage you to, to just release that and to leave it here, to know that this is a safe place for it and that you can just leave it here. You don't have to carry that. That when God brings that to you in intercession, it's going to be right and good for you to pray. But that it's the, God, it's the Lord's to carry. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. to the beginning of um, uh, just practicing this I, I kept hearing waves water just waves along the, uh, the shore shoreline I just I didn't know what it was and I just I kept hearing the waves and then it stopped and then scripture just started coming to me um um God leads us by still waters. He leads us to still waters, and and Scripture also says, "Be still, and know that I am God." The world's concept is empty yourself, and something's going to come, but that's not what God says. God says, "Just still yourself," and I just there's something about stilling yourself and. Just feel like the Lord is um, saying two things: um, stilling yourself. Um, stilling yourself is a, a couple of things were coming to me. There, there's hope deferred. Um, I just kind of sense that somebody is just really holding back from the Holy Spirit because. Of the abuse of the gifts, and you're you're just well. I got burned once before. I don't want to get burnt again. And there's somebody that needs prayer for hope deferred because the, the um I can't remember that scripture um. No, no. Um, uh, the spirit is subject to the prophet. And maybe somebody has hurt you in the past because of 
because of what they've done. And then they, they, they blamed it on the Holy Spirit. So maybe there's somebody that needs prayer for hope deferred. And just I just have a sense that um, to still yourself, even, even beyond right now what we're doing, go home and still yourself before the Lord. Don't empty yourself. That's a concept. Of, that's a new age concept. But just still yourself and watch what the Holy Spirit will do even beyond here. Because God really wants to pour out his spirit. Um, we really need to come back to, you know, just being a very spiritual people. We need to come back to that. Thank you. Thanks, Danny. I think that's right on. Are you? Yeah? Okay. So. Yeah? Yeah, the first part of what Danny said uh, is very relevant for me. Um, and Karen prayed for me earlier. Uh, I used to I used to pray in the Spirit 30 years ago, all the time. Um, and then I had this experience that led me to believe I was I was creating it, and it was me. And um, so I haven't done that for a long time. So and thanks to Karen for the prayer. Um, thanks to Nori for the cupcake. Uh, it was a gift, and I uh, sat on it. Um, so that kind of reminded me or made me think that some of the gifts that I've been blessed with, I've sat on them. I haven't used them. And so once in a while, you won't know your gift or understand it or you'll sit on it. Um, that one's uh, in the garbage. It's not uh, reclaimable. But I think that just in my immaturity, when I first became a believer, I'm, and I wasn't able to understand the gift that I had or to use it so that when I had that experience, I threw it all away, and that's 30 years ago. So I think God's just trying to lead me to understand what gifts he's given me and how they may be used, how I may trust him, how I may um, uh, glorify him through the gifts of the Holy Spirit and to mature through that and and stop sitting on them. I love the color blue. Thanks, Nori. And you know, Scott, I don't think it's an accident. One of my great mentors in the faith has been a guy who would say, you need to notice everything. You need to notice everything. Have you ever seen so many cakes, cupcakes, bread? Like, what is up that three different people randomly brought a huge amount? Scott, that's for you, buddy. Doesn't matter if you sit on the cupcake, if you throw it in the garbage, if whatever. You know, the one person we didn't talk about on the James Bond crew is Money Penny. And that's the body of Christ. You're going to get equipped. People are going to come around you. You could sit on 70. You know what? Your brothers and sisters are going to keep coming and bringing you more and bringing you more and bringing you more. And we are going to keep calling out the gifts that we see in you until we say, get out of your own way. Get out of your own way, because we see it. I'm so stinking excited that you just walked up here and took this microphone. And you too, it's not just for today. This is not a one-time thing. This is not Christmas Day. This is every day. This is ordinary life. I'm tired of me, Kathleen, Rose, maybe one other person giving words in this church. Come on, guys, doors open. So you can sit on 75 cupcakes. Guess what? We're going to bring more. There's going to bring more and more and more and more and more. Amen. Okay? Yeah. All right. 
Okay, I was just reminded of the scripture. It's out of Exodus 14. It's verses 10 to 14. And uh, this is where Moses and the, the Israelites have left Egypt, and now they're at the Red Sea, and the Egyptians are coming to get them, and everyone's freaking out. So it says, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel... Can you just hold that for me? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. I think that's how some of you feel today, that you're afraid, that you have an opportunity for freedom, but you don't want to take it because you would rather stay in the comfortable, the comfortable thing that you've always known than to do something new. But this is what the Lord of the Lord is. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today, so that stuff in your life that's always hounded you, the fear, that oppression you've always known, will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. So that's your job. Stay calm. And the Lord's going to do everything else. So I would just ask, is there anybody who all through this time you've been feeling any aspect of what Karen said? I'd rather just stay the way I am or I would rather just not touch this. I don't want to look at this. I don't want to have anything to do with what's going on here. I'd rather be a corpse in the wilderness or better be a slave in Egypt than dead. Just being afraid. afraid. No? No? Hi. Hi. <laughs> this is awesome. Okay. Okay. Just gonna sit here with you, okay? We'll just wait as long as it takes. Is it okay that I'm touching? Mm-hmm. Okay. I just have a song playing in my head. Um, It's really scary standing up here when everyone's like looking at you. (laughs) Oh, well, yes. Okay. So she thinks she's supposed to sing it, but she's nervous. So we'll just say, come on, sing it. Okay. (laughs) It's just a part. Um, It's kind of been in my head. I guess part of it is that I'm preparing to go to Haiti in two and a half weeks. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because that last word was, just stay calm. God's going to do it. It's okay. You don't, have to wor- you don't have to worry about it. So the word from Danny and from Karen was, just stay calm. It's okay. 
We're good. We're going to wait, and God's going to do it. So we're not in any hurry. You can ha we'll hang out with you. Yeah, you guys, you yeah. should close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, so it's just, um, I will wait for you, Jesus. You're the sun in my horizon. All my hopes in you, Jesus, I can see you now arising. And so it's just working through, just waiting. Hands open, waiting on God. Um, can you sing that again? We'll <laughs> Please. Sorry, I was just going to ask the same thing. Can you do it again? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Guys, let's sing with her, okay? It sounds like the Holy Spirit's moving really powerfully. Yeah. I will wait for you, Jesus. You're the sun in my horizon. All my hopes in you, Jesus. I can see you now arising. My hopes in you, Jesus. You're the sun on my horizon. All my hopes in you, Jesus. I can see you now arising. Just keep going. Just keep going. I will wait for you. Let's just stand Jesus, and sing together, okay? Jesus, you're the sun on my horizon. All my hopes in you, Jesus. I can see you now arising. Just keep going. Just keep going. I will wait for you, Jesus. You're the sun. My horizon, all my hopes in you, Jesus. I can see you now arising. I will wait for you, Jesus. You're the sun in my horizon. All my hopes in you, Jesus, I can see you now arising. So we're just going to let this continue to happen. Um, so please just continue. We're just going to, this is awesome. I just want to speak to you, Terry. Thanks for doing that. Um, there's times where God used me in times like this. You never know what's going to be a catalyst. You never know what's going to be the thing that starts it off. So continue to just respond.